Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Jules. Hello, I'm Sarah. Oh, and welcome. Welcome to Jules and Sarah, the podcast. Here we are again. It's a bit clammy today, I won't lie. I want to apologise straight away because okay. we we filmed this podcast, mm. th- this series Which of the podcast. Which sounded like a good idea at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was all very, oh, it was all, all very excitable, wasn't it? I just want to apologise for my hair. Because okay. I washed it this morning, which is always but It always looks awful on the day I wash it because mm. it's frizzy, it's too clean. And a light drizzle just as I was leaving the house. Um, and I put, I have a little defrizzer, like a spray. And this I is thought, all brand new information yeah, for me coming I know. From well, you. I've, I've entered a new face. <laughs> Not that you'd know, looking <laughs> at me. Look at the state of me. And um, and I I was like, shall I run back upstairs and get the defrizzer? I've got my boots on. Can I be bothered? No, it'll be fine. I've regretted that decision ever since. And of course, as June's daughter, I'm actually amazed at how much volume has really come yeah. in during the frizz well, here. I've got very fine hair. John always, because I say this all the time, John's like... I've got very fine hair, but there's lots of it. Yeah. That's my I've heard hair. you say that a thousand <laughs> times. Like, oh God, this isn't about you having loads of hair. I said, I've just got a lot of hair. Um, so I do have June's fine hair, but I've got more of it than June. See. Yeah. I see. <laughs> well, anyway, Portslough crew, um, in this episode, we will be loosely discussing yes. around jobs, jobs, professions. Jobs, jobs, what have we done? What haven't we done? Um, What was your first job? My first job was um, W.H. Smith. W.H. Smith, Saturday Girl. And it was... <laughs> It was often a case of straight through crew. So I would go out on a Friday night into Manchester. We went to um, a charming little place <laughs> called Mutt's Nuts. Oh my God, a bean. Yeah, of course bean you have. plenty of course times. Of course you have. <laughs> the dance room, the indie room. It was great. Um, and then that would finish. Everyone else would decamp then to Jilly's Rock World. Don't know if you've been there. No. Quite the whole. No, no, Let no. Me tell you, That's you not on like brand. It. You wouldn't like they it. They don't there. appreciate contouring oh, in Jilly's God, rock world. Absolutely. Jilly's no. <laughs> never contoured. No. And then, but I would go home at that point. I would have to go home. That was home. your cut off. Yeah, that was my cut off because I, I often had to be in WH Smith at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning to do the papers, feeling very. I mean, I can't believe it now. If I had to be somewhere at eight o'clock in the morning, I would have to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. Yeah, no. I would have to have my outfit 
hanging up. I'd have to have planned the whole thing. I'd have to like breakfast would have to be set the lot. And I, yeah, I just used to rock up. That's WH Smith in my pencil skirt. There's two, oof, there's two, <laughs> not you in a pencil skirt, just a pencil skirt in general. I think there's two camps when it comes to jobs when you're at school. I think there's the, um, the people that don't have jobs when they're at school, yeah. lovely, lucky them, and they can go out till whatever time. They've got no there's, character, there's, no experience there's in the world. people like you and me who had those jobs, those early, as soon as I turned 16, I was working. That was exactly was the working. same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember going out to, and it's, it's the worst when you're in the year of like all the 18ths or all the 16ths, like all these big birthday parties. Yes. And like, we'll come on to my first, first job and why that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my second jobs was working in Laura Ashley, measuring like curtain fabric and fluffing cushions, which looking back is very on brand. But at oh, the time, I none of my friends was doing that. <laughs> but I used to be like, I used to go out in Nottingham and then I'd go, like, I'd get in at four. Yeah. And then I'd be up measuring that fabric 10 a.m. on that shop floor. I think these poor, I look back and now that I'm doing a renovation and you spend all this money on like fabric yes. and curtains, I was like, I can't believe people were shopping with me. I know. Well, people used to come in and buy their wedding invites at <laughs> WH Smith. Like we'd have this great, these massive folders and they'd order them. Yeah. And I'd be checking the details of somebody's wedding. I couldn't <laughs> see straight. I was like this. But what was very exciting, and I don't know if you would have had this in Laura Ashley, did you have shoplifters? Yes. Did you? Yes, yes, yes. I, I saw many a time people putting wallpaper down their trousers. No, you didn't. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Rolls of wallpaper. Rolls of wallpaper down what? their trousers <laughs> and then walking out. out. And did they ever get stopped? Well, you were told never to stop them, but you know me, I don't listen. So I, I remember saying to somebody, sir, I have just seen you put that wallpaper <gasps> down your trousers. You confronted I said, them. you've got two choices. You can leave and we can deal with that that way or you can just take it out, put it over there and I'll wipe it down and we'll move on. Okay. Wipe it down. <laughs> and off he went. So he took it with him? No. Oh, no, he did put it back. He popped it back and you Probably right, came back down. the next day when I wasn't yeah. working. <laughs> Isn't that one roll? I one think he came in every day. It's soon enough, he'd had enough for the whole haul. Yeah, that's <laughs> We had it. Yeah, it was exciting, shoplifters. We had one guy who came in because there was like a DVD counter at the back of the shop. Oh, my God, this is throwback. This is way back. And... Um, he he came in and the big new release, the hot new release, was Finding Nemo, available on DVD and Blu-ray. What is Blu-ray? What is? I just have no idea what, what it is. What is Blu-ray, for goodness sake? <laughs> and, um, and anyway, he got under the counter and he took all the Finding Nemo DVDs. Anyway, Julie spotted him because it was quite a small shop, really. Like he, he was in very, hindsight. In hindsight, <laughs> yeah. Julie went and stood by the front door and watched this guy come down the shop. Literally, honestly, like you know, like a, a, a very large bag for life. Yeah. Like he had two of them stuffed full of Finding Nemo oh DVDs. My God. And he came into the. Anyway, he dropped them. He dropped them off. Julie. <laughs> Julie was on to him and he hid them behind the quiz books and he left the shop. So he left the shop with nothing because he could see that Julie... He knew. Yeah, he knew. He knew. I mean, God knows what Julie was going to do. You know what I mean? Julie was, was just God. loading up. She was eight stones soaking <laughs> wet. You know, she couldn't... She couldn't... <laughs> I don't know what she would have done. Nibbled him or something. But yeah. Gosh. So that was exciting. That But I've worked in a pub. Have you worked in a pub? No. God, it's great. I'm only one side of the bar. And I made that decision at 18. Sure. I will never go the other side. Very good. No, I loved working in a pub. I worked at M&S Food 
one Christmas, one Christmas home from uni. That was hell. Every single thing that I beeped through, I just wanted. <laughs> I'll never forget these goat's cheese tartlets that kept coming up. I was like, it's all I can think about. It's all I can I think actually about bleeping think it through. This, if you work on checkout, like what you must think. Because I, yeah. I, I am guilty of a real side eye up and down the conveyor belt you know what's oh, everybody else buying yeah. and i like I'd, I'd pride myself in a well-balanced shop i won't lie and then if i'm ever doing a quick run around i'm like oh god i hope these people don't think that this is like my daily shop like, it's when you see somebody who's got a no lot, vegetables yeah no vegetables what's going on? well they're growing their own clearly great yeah thanks but it's when you see someone who's got like like an abundance like i'm talking 20 packets of sausages yes. you're like what's the story here Hovis seeded you know, sensations. Do you know what one woman did at M&S one Christmas? You could buy an M&S ready meal Christmas dinner. So it had everything on it. You just, you know, pierced, pierced the film. Yeah, pierced the film, shoved it in, ding. And it had everything on the plate. She bought 14. She was obviously having the whole family and that's what she was going to do. She was not cooking a single thing from scratch. She was. She bought 14 individual Christmas dinner for one. I kind of salute her for I mean, that. you know, she no probably judgment. had a great day. Yeah. She, had, she had a better day than most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't slaving away on that stove. But one job that I've got to tell you about was I worked. So my, <laughs> I got a job, one, to save up to go to Italy. Um, I got a job at a sweet factory. There was a big sweet factory near us who made... Um, Oh, uh, Love Hearts. Yeah. And um, oh, what else was they? The big one? The Violet Rose. The Violet Yeah, things. yeah, the Palmer Violets. Yeah. They made those and they made, you know, the little fruit salads and the blackjacks, the tiny little ones. Yeah, I think we've talked about them on the podcast before yes. at parties when they used to hit you in the face and yeah. the DJ would throw you out. You'd be like, oh, my eyes. <laughs> and the little balls. Do you remember the four little coloured sweet balls? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I got a job. I had to wear steel toe cap boots. Had to wear a hairnet, had to wear a white coat, and I had to count the sweets into the jars and stuff. Like, like a hungry was, hippo. Yeah, like <laughs> a hungry hippo. And and you had to pack. Oh my God. Those the people that were working in that factory, you have never seen a cardboard box go up faster. It was unbelievable how quickly they could just it was like origami. There was just a box. But there was one shift where you had to, there was like these huge rollers. And the shoots of sweets would come down. So you'd have a mix. So you'd have four different it's sweets pouring down. <laughs> yes. My hair's serving on <laughs> yeah. And they were coming down like this, rolling round. But they'd get stuck. So your job was literally to sit there. And if they were stuck, you had a great big iron hook. And you'd have to get up there and unblock it. <laughs> unblock the chute. And I did that for four hours. Just unblocking Just the shoe. Just unblocking the shoe. And sometimes it didn't block. Sometimes you go an hour with no block and it oh would just God, come that down. Oh, so funny. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to sit there with the hook. <laughs> oh, that's so Just waiting. Good. What was your first job? So my first job, obviously I did babysitting. That's like, yeah, oh, but, but that never counts. Babysitting was a great job. Um, babysitting's the best. And babysitting, I actually babysat for our neighbour and they had a beer keg in the cellar and it was a tap that connected in the kitchen and the neighbours were like, don't worry about when the kids are going to bed. If you want a pint, just have a pint. Oh, big mistake. So they had like a... They had a proper beer tap in the kitchen. 
How it, funny! I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, so they had the the barrels in yeah, the cellar. Yeah, no, Perfect. I just yeah, I just no, makes sense. I don't understand why more people don't have that. Me either. Um, but my first proper job was a waiter at a restaurant called the Saracen's Head, which my friend Lara's dad owned. So I kind of like got the job through like mates' rates. Anyway, all was going very well. I I was a good waiter. I enjoyed doing. It. I did every Saturday and sometimes Sunday lunch. I was very into the biscuit barrel at the, yes. I, the any kind of yeah. coffee. They didn't have a coffee machine, which I learned the hard way because people kept asking for lattes. And I, I at the time, I didn't know what a latte was. And I was like, yeah, we do that. And I just make <laughs> a normal coffee and take it to them <laughs> with biscuits on there. I'd always yeah, have sure. a little milk biscuit for myself, three yes. for you. I was very keen on the bread basket. We used to have to cut the bread to, to take ciabatta. the table. Oh I love God. chopping that oh, ciabatta. But yeah. it, was, it was very much loaf for you, loaf for me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I was like, by the end of the shift. But when I started, I didn't eat fish at the time. And I was really like, I did not, it took me a while to like fish. Mm. Anyway. So you were just veggie? Just veggie. There was this one dish, and I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but there was one dish and it was trout. But it was a whole yeah. trout, whole fish, I scales the works you had to the customer had to do, deal with it yeah. at the table there was no dissecting it wasn't oh, who more. could be bothered as but well I, who could be bothered to order it I couldn't stand the sight of it and whenever somebody would order it, I'd be like I'd have to say to my colleagues like you're gonna have to take this I can't take that to table for no chance anyway one lunchtime I was like the only person on I had to take this trout <laughs> I remember going to the plate the chef's like service so yeah. go to the plate i lift up and these this trout is just staring at me the eyes looking at me and i was like oh yeah. my god i'm gonna be sick oh. this is so disgusting go through the first swingy doors boom yeah. go through the second yeah. swingy doors boom <laughs> and i'm walking over to the table and as i put it down on the lap this trout just kept looking at me. i just was like oh my god that is repulsive but because I was so repulsed, the plate oh, no. slipped <gasps> and the whole trout just fell in the guy's lap. <gasps> no! The guy then stood up and was like, what the hell? The trout is just on the floor. There's samphire everywhere, potatoes everywhere. People were like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, what do I do? I've got to lift this trout up. So I had to get my like the napkins and like scoop it under and like toss it onto this plate. <laughs> By this point, there's like mashed potato everywhere. Like, you know... And I had to run back into the kitchen. I was like, I, I've had a trout disaster. Like, I can't do this. They were like, what? <laughs> so then you I won't had... believe what's happened. <laughs> and they did not believe. No. Um, and then I had to go oh back and they were like, offer them free champagne. Offer them free champagne. I'd never poured champagne before in my life. So oh. I went over pouring the champagne. Champagne volcano oh. eruption of bubbles. God. It was an absolute disaster. I got the sack two weeks later, which is fair enough. Oh, because not trout related. I think the trout. I think the trout may have been like a red a flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I actually ended up going out with my friend Lara, the owner's daughter, quite a few nights in the trot and phoning in sick. So I quite, sure. I quite deservedly got the sack. And then yeah, I moved on to Laura Ashley. Then did DK and Y at uni. <laughs> oh, casual. <laughs> which was hilarious because 
Me you were in DKNY. I was doing. I was doing M&S Christmas dinners for one. Yeah, but at DKNY, I just bluffed. I had this interview. I was like, "Yeah, I've done alterations. Yeah, it's fine. Like I've been in the fitting room with clients. No problem. <laughs> I'd never done any of that." And I had to. Like, I've been in the fitting room at Zara. Yeah, I had to pour these clients champagne, and I. Oh, not again! I'd definitely done a straight through crew, and I was in the back pouring them champagne, taking it out, and they'd be like, "Oh, can you alter these trousers?" And I'd be like, "Again, like you in W. Smith could not see." turning people's trousers up, pinning them, pins going into the ankles. <laughs> Just an absolute disaster. <laughs> and then I've had oh, so many God. jobs in retail that I look back and I'm like, how did I even hold that job? Yeah. Like, how did that even yeah. happen? But you know, here we are. Here we are. And it's character builder, darling. It's character, it's character building. building. That's what it is. It sets you up for life. For and life. it does. <laughs> it does, because that's what we were always told. That's what do. It'll be good for you. Get out there. Go and do it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell you about June's job story. But first of all, will we have a little, will we have a little listen in to the WhatsApp? I think so. Now, we love this. If you've missed this on the podcast, you can, you can speak to us directly. Um, And you've been leaving us gorgeous voice notes and we are living for them. Like we absolutely love them. So shall we see, shall we see who we've got? Hey Jules and Sarah, it's Carly here from Leeds, whoop whoop. Um, on behalf of the whole Port Salou crew, I think I can speak for us all when I say we're super, super excited to have a new season coming back and we really appreciate all the work you guys put into the podcasts for us and it's not been the same these last few months without you. So thank you and look forward to hearing from you and what everyone's been up to and catch up on all the, the goss soon. Oh, Kylie, the most Leeds girl I've ever heard. That's gorgeous accent. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I love that, Kylie. Oh, Kylie, thank you. I want to go for a white wine spritzer with you. I want to sound... go for a Greg's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sound like my kind of girl. You sound divine. It's so nice to hear from you. And you've sent us such lovely messages as well. Like, there's been so much excitement around yeah. just... Hysteria, right? I, yeah, I actually, yeah. Some people have had to have a lie down <laughs> yeah. and a word with themselves. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you about June's job, but I want to hear about Ken's because you came in, you were like, you'll die. Oh my God. So Ken, um, Ken has had an, a, a range of careers and Ken is like- He can like, turn his hand to anything. He really, he, you know, he's a real hustler and yeah. I learned a lot about business from dad. Um, but when we were tiny, when we were young, dad worked in TV and worked in like, multimedia so Ken which is amazing which is amazing (laughs) and like this is like we're talking like 90s multimedia we're talking like lots of brochures yeah lots of business cards glossy prints photo shoots lots of like TV promotion. A lot of long lunches. Yeah, a lot of long long lunches. (laughs) Lunches that rolled into breakfast. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly that. And Ken used to work at Cannes Film Festival. We've heard stories before about Ken. We've heard whispers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we've heard stories. Um, So dad, it's actually, we had a lovely conversation about this. It's been really nice having this conversation with dad because I would have never heard this story if it wasn't for the podcast. So I just want to say like, Big ups the pod for letting this happen. Yeah, and that's the same with June's, actually. I had no idea. Go on, sorry. Um, so Ken 
had to go to Cannes to promote a Scottish TV show called Tag It. Oh, we all know Tag It. So, Scottish TV, <laughs> Scottish TV. And the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Wasn't it like an ITV drama? Well, it was like a Cannes TV festival. Like, I think it was the okay, TV yes. side. Yeah, um, even so. So, the, the chairman of Scottish TV had said like, we're going to Cannes. We're expecting a big party. Taggart needs a big push and you need to pull this event <laughs> together. And Dad's like, I'll do it. Absolutely no problem. So Dad said, Dad said, I thought about Cannes and I thought, you know, what What do people want when they go to Cannes? They want to be on a boat. They want to be Good. on a boat. Good. It's Scottish TV. I know what I'll do on a boat. I'll do whiskey tasting. So I was like, okay, this sounds like a good what? event. I was thinking, I've been to a few events. Whiskey tasting is only going to go one of one oh, way. Yeah, like. oh, yeah. There's no way out on a boat. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Literally. So Dad said. Dad said. I also had the idea that I needed a bagpipe player at this event. And back in yes. back in those days, there was no YouTube. There was no video. There was no audio file. You just had to trust the advert in the paper. <laughs> So I was like, oh, what, okay. bagpiper for hire? No, so Ken put an advert in um, the, like, Nice Times or whatever it was. Like, a local newspaper, I need a bagpipe. Dad said, I had two responses. So he said that he... Wow. <laughs> he said, I'd never met her, but I booked her. <laughs> and I thought, how hard can it be? If she says she can do the pipes, she can do the pipes. <laughs> anyway, Dad said, Dad said, there I was in Cannes, and this bagpipe player came up, well... She was tiny. She was a small, very slight woman. Like Julie from WH Smith. Like Julie. Just like Julie. It might have even been Julie. (laughs) So he said that as the boat was setting up, he was getting everything ready. And he said to the bagpipe player, like, you know, just you stand here and then people might come down. Dad was like... I invited 100 people thinking that maybe 50 people would come. And that was the size of the boat that I booked. He said, at half seven, he went, I looked down the pier and there must have been about 300 people on their way to this boat. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And he said, so I turned... Tiger to <laughs> pulled a real crowd. So he said, I turned to this bagpipe player and I said, play, now, play. <laughs> and Dad said, she must have been learning because she did not know how to play the pipes. It was like this... Dad was like, oh no. The thing is, a a good bagpipe player can grate, right? A bad bagpipe player. In Dad's words, in Dad's words, he said, she huffed and she puffed and the pipes just weren't great. You've got to have some heft, haven't you? They're quite a hardy, well, you've got to be a hardy Scots person. Oh, so, God, wow. So, Dad said... Play! So Dad, said, Dad said, well, we just had to get on with it because people were coming on the boat. So, anyway, the boat started to fill up. The boat you know, it really got busy. And Dad said, I realised very quickly that I put the whiskey bar at the wrong end of the boat. It was at the bottom end, so everybody was piling on the boat. They were queuing. People were getting stuck at the bar. You know, people weren't moving around this boat. Yeah. Taggart's <laughs> on <laughs> Taggart's on in the corner, plugged in. So... Dad, Dad said, um, he said this oh, this God. small French guy who who runs the boat came over and he went, Mister, <coughs> Mister, we have a we have a slight issue. Lean in and can can So I went in dead close and I had a few whiskeys, and the guy said, the boat is sinking. Oh my God! Oh my gosh! So Dad was like, 
you are. And, and he was like, the boat has touched the bottom of the harbour. It wasn't sailing. It was no, in, was, no, thank God. <laughs> there, are, there are too many people on this boat. You must get them off immediately. So Ken was like, everybody off the boat, get off the boat. Like ushering people off. And Ken, <laughs> Bagpiper first, get off. And Ken said... By this point, he was three sheets to the wind. Yeah. He had a lot of whiskey. Everyone it was, was. It was the 90s. Yeah. Like people were going on. So people then, were Scottish dancing. Yeah. <laughs> no one asked them to. No, it was it was yeah. in the south of France. So when he, they said they all stood on the on the shore, and Dad was like, "We'll do a speech. We'll do a speech. Speeches just to get him off the boat." And anyway, he said he stood at the bottom of the boat, and everybody looked at him for a speech. And Dad was like, "My mind went blank." I didn't know what to say. And I thought, what do people yell at the top of the lungs? <laughs> Dad said he just yelled, Yorkshire Post! Yorkshire Post! And everyone was like, what? <laughs> I was like, sorry, Dad, this is car crash. Oh, my so God. So Dad, at the top of his lungs, was in a harbour in Cannes, yelling Yorkshire Post, to which everybody else, all oiled upon whiskey, started yelling the Yorkshire Post back. Wow. And Dad said, wow. it went on and then people went their own ways and we ended up through the night yelling Yorkshire Post. Incredible. So, I mean, I almost want to applaud this story. And honestly, I mean, it's just... Dad told me this on a dog walk. I, w- I was like, Willow, just stop. I need to just listen to what my Have father is telling me. Yeah. So yeah, that is Ken's part of Ken's TV and promotion career that I think we can all agree has yeah. been exemplary. I mean, that is no <laughs> nothing will ever top that. The boat is sinking. The boat is sinking. <laughs> Yorkshire Post, <laughs> the crap bagpiper. It's got it all. It's got it all. It's got it all. That is wonderful. The boats touch the bottom of the harbour. I know. <laughs> oh god! And I mean the real. <laughs> is that it was taggart i know i know that's what's really got it for me oh my god that is wonderful well i'll tell you june's story which i mean nothing could nothing could compare (laughs) just like sinead o'connor says it's the greatest story it's the greatest story of 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 all time (laughs) it should be made into a film for camp they'll put it in camp featuring cast from taggart yeah Taggart's been waiting for the call <laughs> yeah, yeah. for years. They can't believe it. Um, so, well, mum's first job she got sacked from. She was 14 because, you know, things were different back then. Employment laws. Oh, there was really, none of that. None of that. Uh, 14 and she was in Woolworths. And she said, when you used to work in Woolworths, it wasn't like a shop where you went around and picked your own stuff. You had um, counters, right? This isn't the good story, by the way. This is just a warm-up story. Oh, I know. I'm here yeah. for it. Um, and you had counters. So you went over to Silk and Thread. And you'd go, yes, I'll have my Silk and Thread. And then you'd go over to Shoes. <laughs> and then you'd go over to the shoe bit. And so you'd go over. So June was on Silk and Thread. And she was very bored. And she was fed up. And she said what she really wanted to do was she wanted to go and cut the pork pie. (laughs) I know what job's for me. She's like, oh, the pork pie with the egg in the middle. That's, I know, (laughs) not for you. But that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to go and work there. So she trotted off. She she left her post like this, trotted off to the pork pie um, 
counter and uh, popped a little, popped a jacket on and a hairnet. And the guy said, come on, we've been waiting for you. Get behind this counter. Come on, we need you. Anyway, she was chopping this <laughs> pork pie. And this the manager came over and went, what the hell do you think you're doing? And she was dismissed at once. <laughs> Silken thread, not so for her. So that's very funny. But June, so so June was a teacher for years, years and years and years. She taught primary school. I don't think I even knew that. Really? Yeah, June, June. She did the school productions. Her Wizard of oh, Oz of is still talked about <laughs> to this day. Um, but she, yeah. So she went for this teaching job. It was the first job out of college. Brand new school. Okay, brand new school. You know, gorgeous. And her dad took her. Her dad took her in the car. She said, I could not find my way into this, into this school. Could not get in there. Um, and so they, there was a very large gate, right? She said it was completely locked up because it was brand new. It was interview day. She couldn't get in. Her dad went and got her a stool out of the car. And she said it was a massive fence. Like, you know, it was a good six foot <laughs> high, this gate, right? Anyway, June. <laughs> Because she was going for a music teacher job. So she had a bag and a violin and her 80s pencil skirt. <laughs> not, really, not really the kind of clubber that you need for scaling a fence. <laughs> and she, her dad gave her a leg up off the stool and she clambered. She clambered over this gate. And it was only when she was halfway over violin in one hand, bag in the other, that she looked to the school. And because it was brand new, there was this enormous window, you know, this huge playground, the whole interview panel watching her. The whole interview panel watching her cock her leg over this massive gate to get down like this. She said she climbed down and she said, she said, I got the job. The head said, I couldn't, I'd never forget you. The girl, she said, he said, he said the woman who climbed over the gate and also very resourceful, yeah. very resourceful. Where was the gate? Where the gate, I don't know. The gate was like at the school entrance or whatever, but it was all locked. But she did that. Oh. And then at the end of the interview, because it was a music teacher's job, she went, would you like me to play my violin? And they sort of all looked at each other and they went, no, you're all right. But lovely of you to ask. Thanks so much, little June. Do you want me to play my violin? Oh, having just scaled the fence. Having just scaled the fence. But another job. So my mum and dad both worked at Boots as a Saturday job as well. And mum was, um, (laughs) mum was like, it was classic. I was stacking dog food and your dad was working behind the pharmacy counter. Sure. But because he was behind the pharmacy counter, he had a little white coat on. So everyone who came in assumed that he was a pharmacist, that he was qualified. So they'd bring in ailments to show him. He was just the Saturday boy, just getting enough, just getting enough money together for some new corduroy flares. But people would come in and go, can I show you this? And honestly, he said they used to show him all sorts. He used to, people just used to whip their bits out all the time to dad stood behind this counter because they just assumed, they just assumed he knew what he was doing, that he was fully qualified. It was a different world back then. It's a totally different world, a different time. You didn't go for your GP. You just went and showed your bits to, to the Saturday boy in boots. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Will we do a bit of news from the north? We must. 
Okay, my news comes from the Leeds Live, mm. a firm fave. Solid. Um, and this is this is really a job that I think a mum has. She's just she's cracked it. Yeah, she's cracked it, and she's had enough. North Yorkshire toddlers leave kitchen in paint tsunami when mum pops to the loo. Oh, no. And actually, I don't mean this to be triggering, Sarah, as no. you're about to enter into this. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry. Nancy was sick in Sainsbury's the other day. Oh. Nothing will top that. <laughs> the kid's mum took 12 hours to clean up the mess and has I to thought she was in the toilet for 12 hours. £500 on new kitchen appliances. <gasps> oh, wow. And two North Yorkshire toddlers were caught in a paint tsunami after their mum went for a quick toilet break. Nesbrough mum Hayley Kidd found Bonnie four and Harry one covered in paint from head to toe at her revamped kitchen in a mess which cost her five hundred pounds. Oh, Kelly Hayley had been <laughs> giving. Oh, was it Hayley? Hayley had been giving the kitchen makeover on Monday um, when the kids were playing outside in the garden. She popped to the bathroom for less than five minutes and came back to find the two youngsters had smeared a tub of white paint. All over themselves and the entire kitchen, including the floor, cupboards, and surfaces. So she was painting it. Haley's giving it a touch up. She's yeah. painting it. Yeah. The kids are in the garden, fine. She's nipped to the loo. Yeah. The kids have come in thought, and thought, oh, great, time. fantastic. Um, there is a photo above which this journalist deems hilarious. I think it's stressful. <laughs> with uh, Bonnie crouched over an exploded bucket, both dripping in white paint, which also covers every surface and left every floor a sea of white. Bonnie had climbed onto the kitchen top and used a ladle to throw paint around the room at her younger brother. Haley says she needs to replace the oven the air fryer, wow. microwave, and even the plug sockets, which have been faulty since their encounter with the paint. Haley said, it is quite possibly the worst day of my life. But it was funny and it's done now. There's always something in our house. <laughs> God, Haley. Haley's very forgiving. I know. I started painting my kitchen and the children were playing outside in garden. While they were playing, I thought I'd run upstairs. And I'm not even going to say the words that she uses. It's distasteful. She went to the bathroom. She went to the bathroom. I can't describe how quickly it happened. It was less than five minutes. Um, I the came... ladle is my favourite detail Resourceful. Here. I came down and was faced with that. I had no words. There was a moment of pause and silence when I took it in. <gasps> <laughs> Time would stop for a moment. They saw my presence and they were like, oh no, we're in trouble. <laughs> Bonnie quickly said she was sorry to her mum who said she took a deep breath and when she saw the mess, Bonnie asked if I was mad and I just said I wasn't, I was, I wasn't happy, but it's done now. <laughs> it wouldn't have been like, it would not have been oh like that in Sheila's God. house. Oh. June, I don't think, June would still be talking about it now. Oh yeah. June would still be punished now. She added, I just got them upstairs in the shower. So um, I dripped more paint everywhere on the way. I showered them down, which was traumatic experience for them when I was trying to get the paint off. We had to use cereal boxes to scrape it up. I ended even ha ended up having to take Harry to bed and deal with it in the morning. I was cleaning from about 6am until 6pm. I've managed to get most of it up now, but there are drips that look awful. There's still paint in some places. I just can't get rid of it. Haley shared a photo of the toddlers smeared in paint on social media and commenters urged her to, to bin Bonnie and Harry and buy a new house. <laughs> <laughs> the post has racked up more than 3,000 likes, shares and comments. Oh, she's done very well I out bet of it. So. Yes. Um, it then goes on to what people have commented, which I'm really not interested in hearing, but she's had she's had a nightmare. They've got a, somebody's nightmare. got a gift or an air fryer for that. I feel like getting in touch. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like saying, God, I'll send you an air fryer. That is... 
the ladle, the climbing, the purposeful, oh, what's this? I'll get a ladle and I'll throw it. Yeah, wow. It's her laughing that I'm concerned by. Yeah. I think it might have been hysteria. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not cross. Yeah, no. It's done now. She's asking for trouble. Let me tell you that bunny. Wait, wait till girls. Bonnie's wait yeah. till Bonnie's fifteen. It won't be paint she'll be throwing around. <laughs> My news from the north comes from the Lancashire Live. A naked cleaner reveals the weirdest parts of her job and what her clients are like. She could have done this house. A woman who works as a naked cleaner has revealed the weirdest parts of her job, including the clients who are also naked. Lottie Ray, 32, took up the unusual role to make some extra money in 2017 and charges £50 an hour, estimating she's made a few thousand pounds over the years. She says in the six years she's been working as a naked cleaner, she's had a range of clients, including some who just want company, naturists and others who hope for something more. The cleaner, who describes herself as free-spirited. Yeah, I bet. Says the role has made her feel more body confident and even says it's empowering. Lottie says there's a fair few people who are creepy. A handful of guys are clean for book cleaners on the premise that they will get something else. I'm clear. I'm just here to clean. But they'll say the other cleaners have been strippers or given massages. What? The money... Where is she based? <laughs> Lancashire. Oh. The money has definitely helped. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't being paid the financial incentive. After dabbling in side hustles like selling secondhand clothes, Lottie picked up her first job as a naked cleaner in October 2017 as a way to earn some extra cash. And now she posts her adventures on her Instagram account, musing from a naked cleaner. She has worked in her local area with a mix of clients hiring her services and says the role appealed to her as she wanted more money whilst meeting new people and trying new things. She claims she's worked with a range of clients from older looking men for com- looking for company to younger guys with disposable income who want to try something different. While Ooh. most of her clients are friendly and don't overstep the mark, she says some can push things a bit far. It doesn't really s- scream clear to me. I don't think I'd want to be naked no, around bleach. No, splashes. That's no. what I'm concerned about. One of my clients I cleaned for three times altogether and his house was the dirtiest house I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> teeming with dirt and grime. But when I got there, he didn't want me to clean it all. That's what he really needed. I wonder if she arrives in a Mac or like a tabard that just covers things. You know, like... Oh, I think she'd arrive fully clothed. Oh, and then... Oh, the strip off. The door. Yeah, well, I think she'd say, could I just... Could I just go and nip to the back Could I just room? get loose? Yeah. <laughs> I've cleaned for some younger guys who seem more sociable. They're out and about and just have disposable income and want to try something different. Another guy I've worked for for the whole six years is a nudist. So for him, it's right up his street. <laughs> He's already naked when I get in. We have a coffee and I play with the dog and then I get to work. <laughs> The clients will get naked as well. A few of them are quite nervous at first and keep the clothes on until they're confident enough to take them off. My friends and family know what I do, but I think they wonder why do I do it? (laughs) They all think these men are weird and creepy, but in general, they're just nice people. So there you go. Yeah, cool. £50 an hour. I mean, yeah, good luck to her. Good for her. I won't be telling my claim now, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I don't want to see my cleaner naked. No, I've got no desire to see my naked. <laughs> um, 
we adore you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I can't tell you how much it means to us. We just love you, and um, we and we just we just love being back. We just love doing it. it. It's it's gorgeous. So thank you. And we do always finish on Jules's affirmation of the week. You are worthy of greatness. Oh, yes, you are. I wrote that in my gratitude journal this week. you are all day long. We love you very much and we will see you next time. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.